Whoo, this is going to be a fun one today because the Chiefs have made their initial 53-man roster. We are live for you here on Locked On Chiefs with Matt Dirk, Beat Reporter Chiefs Digest, as well as Chris Clark and myself. Who made it? Who didn't? The big moves and why would you trade with the Raiders today on Locked On Chiefs? From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. back friends neighbors chiefs kingdom around the world i know you're watching today because there is a first look at the chiefs 53 and no i do not think it'll be the same way tomorrow but we'll get matt's input here pretty quickly we appreciate you making us your first listen uh maybe you were just live on matt's channel as well so live 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 first second third check out the rest of the locked on podcast network for your next show because we're all over the place for every team we're brought to you today by LinkedIn Jobs. You can find all the qualified candidates that you're looking for, whether they're on your 53 or in your front office. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL today for free. Terms and conditions do apply. A lot to go over. In some places I was right, and I'm going to point it out every chance I get. In some places I was completely wrong. And oh yes, there are still some things that we could do. Matt Derrick, ChiefsDigest.com. You can check him out. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, and RGR Football. What do you got, Chris? Chris Clark from Chiefs Corner, and lots to talk about when we sit here and look at this. And Matt Derrick uh, from Chiefs Digest is with us again today. So we are going to talk all about this roster and really, man, I, where do you want to start? Yes. Where do you want to start? <laughs> biggest surprise so okay. far matt well, we'll get to the trade later um i'm i'm still kind of pro- I, right now the reason why i am looking down for those of you who are watching um i'm i'm looking down actually typing the roster well deleting names from the roster as i'm going through who's been waived and everything um i am right now very surprised at the fact that the chiefs may have four cornerbacks on this roster um nick jones is on here but has the hand injury i mean he's not having surgery you could play through a hand injury so it's possibility but i mean if he's going to injured reserve or he's not going to play for a period of time chiefs have four corners and four safeties um that's not normal and not a usual typical situation so i am begging the question if there's more work to be done there um but i'll tell you what the other thing is that there's i have the same question at defensive tackle um, even with the trade from for about for Neil Farrell today, um, the Chiefs released everybody that they basically tried out at that spot behind Derek Nottie and Tershawn Wharton. Um, I don't know who the defensive tackles in this rotation are, other than I don't think that they're on this team right now. I mean, uh, this there's a couple of holes here to fill on the defensive side. And I've, I'm kind of surprised that they went this direction. Doesn't mean that some of the guys that they released won't be back. Um, maybe there's some things that they need to still do roster roster wise, but I've got some questions on the defensive side. Uh, they kept Dickerson, by the way. Uh, so that is another DT that I was kind of surprised about. And uh, dealing with a dealing with a, a turf toe injury. So, you know, whether he's 100 percent and ready to play and whether he's one of those guys that they're going to try and sneak onto injured reserve and bring somebody else back. That's a question. And, and maybe it is. Maybe one of the other guys will be coming back. Um, <laughs> once uh, if if Dickerson needs to go on re- on injured reserve, and Ryan, well, I think they have ten offensive linemen. That's why your numbers are off. Okay, well, we're going to fix that because clearly I'm going to have to find a way to display it too. And it, and it's funny that that you mentioned some of these. What it tells me is that in in the trade that we're going to talk about later, you've decided you've elected to go with Naughty and Turk Warden as your starters, 
with a rookie in Coburn and a second-year player with 128 snaps under his belt in the regular season as your backups along with Dickerson. This is a surprise. I don't think it's over. I think there's more coming, and I think we all know why this is happening. The big question to me, Matt, and we're going to have to get to the corner group because I agree there is a lot there to be chosen over. You neglected to go over the best thing that I did all offseason. I told you all, and you talked me out of it. They kept two quarterbacks. Are you as shocked as the rest of Chiefs Kingdom is that Shane Michelle is not on this 53-day one? Including just, Ryan, for that matter. Just want to put I that am, out. Ryan's shocked, too. I'm surprised. I mean, I had a third quarterback on every single roster projection. And honestly, I mean, I, I'd heard some rumblings that maybe the Chiefs were were interested in listening to some offers on Shane Bouchel, and maybe they they he wouldn't be on the fifty three. But even then, I thought, you know what? If they do trade Bouchel, Chris Oladokun's proven enough to me to be the number three and be the next guy, the, the developmental guy. And honestly, I think he is even you know style wise. Not talent of Patrick Mahomes, but style-wise, I think he fits that better. And you know, if, if you had to go with a Chris Oladokun as your third quarterback one day, you wouldn't have to change as much of the offense as you maybe you would have to with Bouchel. Um, it surprised me a little bit. I mean, he was still going to be the third quarterback. I don't think there was any doubt to me. Blaine Gabbert won and earned the number two job, but I I, I thought there was a very good chance that they were going to keep three. Maybe maybe they will end up with three on the, on the uh, again one day, but. I will. I'll. I'll put myself in the surprise category because I had three on the, the fifty-three all along. Well, don't don't add into Ryan's cause of trying to get Bailey Zappi in Kansas City. So just Bailey Zappi well, is a free agent right this second, people. There's there's no, no fullback no, on this roster, Ryan. So don't don't be yeah. bragging too much. Not yet, Matt. Not yet. It's not over. That practice squad will work. And those are some things like in a Belichickian move, you could have tried to squeeze something to, to move Shane in a way that gets you something back. Um, I am only half kidding. I would I think Bailey Zappi goes right back to the Patriots, and they're doing some roster mechanics as well. If not, certainly would love to see him in Kansas City in some way, shape, or form. But just the quarterback in, in being in the crunch from the defensive tackle group and this extraordinary wide receiver group, I think that all facilitated the fact that you had to do something like this and only go down to two quarterbacks. I, I agree with you that Oladokun is, is somebody that I think can come in and showed enough this preseason that if you're just looking to elevate backups to the point that you can move them out and then bring in the next guy and develop them, it certainly seems like this is a passing of the tide, a changing of the guard, whatever you want to call it. And I won't be surprised if that's the way they go as well, especially when you're talking about having to defend mobile quarterbacks and more of them. And you can anticipate a matchup with one Jalen Hurts eventually again. Uh, I, I think this is all the long game that we're seeing play out right here. Yeah. And I mean, and there's a couple of things that go along with this too. I mean, you know, that one, I mean, we have seen the chiefs, you know, during training camp, increasingly putting a lot more edge rushers on the field and not just in third and long situations. And, I think that what we saw today is really indicative of the fact that the Chiefs don't know what they're doing on the defensive line, and particularly a defensive tackle, without Chris Jones. Um, they haven't been able to figure it out during training camp. So to me, I mean, I, that to me is one of the, 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 the biggest discussions. Outside, after we talked about Chris Jones, which we're going to have to talk about Chris Jones and what that means because oh. the dude is not here. But how how the Chiefs you know move on without him and how they build this roster is the next big thing because I don't think there's any doubt. The, the Chiefs have Derek Nottie and Tershawn Wharton 
and they have no idea who is playing behind them. And they have no idea what they're going to do. And I I think that part of it is that they're going to put a bunch of different people on the field and try and figure it out. And I don't want to take away from the defensive tackles, but I have a question on the defensive ends. Why is Aminahue still on this roster? I figured he'd be on the suspension list at this point. Um, We're going to talk about that in the next segment. Good question. (laughs) I will have to investigate. do that because the, the trade is coming up in the next segment. We're, we're going to get to that. And tomorrow, folks, I'm going to put on the tinfoil hat and I'm going to run back all the crazy concepts that I have that could come to fruition. We won't have Matt for that because I don't think he can take any more of my concepts, but we will get to those later. But first, coming up next, why trade with the Raiders? What does it do? And just how dire a straight is that a signal of? And then later, was it right or was it wrong? What are the build questions that we are still concerned about right now today? But first, a message from our pals over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire feels like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain when you're bringing somebody onto your payroll, and that's got to have the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can get in there, write up your description, add your job, and the purple hashtag will come up framing your particular profile, letting everybody know that you're looking for the help that you need. Simple tools like screening questions, as well as any kind of feedback, give you and make it easy for you to focus on the candidates that you want with just the right skills and are going to be the fit with the experience that you're looking to prioritize and who you'd like to interview and then hire. It's small businesses that are rating LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus all their leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster and for free. You can post that job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Okay. So go ahead. Part Part of what I think actually plays into this. And it's interesting. I just wanted to mention this really quick. They did cut Dion Bush. They did cut, uh, Danny Shelton, both of those guys could come back tomorrow if they make another move, which is another thing that I actually think plays into this trade market. Uh, Sh- Shelton is a guy that could come back uh, and maybe give them something, and they're just looking at guys that's – the thing that doesn't make sense is you start getting in the DB room, and this would mean that Snead is going to play week one. Uh, you have a lot of injury questions that we just don't know about right now. So that could be why they went high at, at offensive tackle as well. Sorry. That, that, that is a very fair point, especially when you look at, as Matt said, uh, five corners, four safeties, again, with the Nick Jones uh, moving around. They have the Amenahue thing that they have to take care of uh, with Felix and Malik and Mike Dana, along with George Karloftis, looking like that group right there. If you take a look, and, and right now I should probably capture this because it is a moment in time on the Chiefs' website where they list their actual depth chart as well. Uh, some intriguing hints at what may have been happening over the last 24 hours. But what certainly did happen is two trades that we have to talk about. The the darling of the last 72 hours has been Amir Smith-Marset. He is now a Carolina Panther. Uh, didn't get much. And I see a lot of people complaining about that the Chiefs, all they got was a swap of seventh-round picks. Well, let me tell you, they didn't have any room to maneuver, any leverage whatsoever, because every team in this league knew you ain't keeping eight wide receivers. So, Matt, the fact that they got anything, even if it's just an upgrade in the seventh round, 
for Smith-Marset. I find it as takeaway a positive. Yeah, I mean, there absolutely. I mean, you're right. There was there was really not a lot of leverage. I mean, to me, a conditional seventh was about the best you could hope for. And frankly, I mean, if you're a Chiefs fan and you've seen what Brett Veach and his staff has done in the seventh round, I mean, if you're potentially moving up 20 spots in the seventh round, I'm okay with that. I mean, that could get you a really, really good player. Uh, hey, it would have been great to keep Amir Smith-Marset, but here's the thing. I mean, about that running that receiver group and in comparison with the other groups that we've been talking about so far, in every other group, there were guys who did not perform, and that's why that they're not on this roster or they just didn't meet the challenge and the Chiefs decided to go a different direction. In that receiver room, uh, Chiefs had like 10, 12 guys that did everything that they were asked. I mean, you could even say going down to like a guy like Nico Romeo, who had zero chance to make this roster. Well, he did still did everything he was asked to do. Uh, Amir Smith, Marset would have made this roster in a lot of seasons. Um, Last year. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think he would have. I mean, there's been a plenty of years I think he would have made the roster coming out. Um, this is a, it's an interesting bell curve receiver room in that, like I said, I've been telling people, I don't know that there's an alpha in this room right now in that there is a thousand yard receiver at this point in their career in that room. But I do think that there's a bunch of number twos and threes in this room. And that's not a problem. I mean, we'll see how they distribute the football and everything. But the fact that you're able to, to get anything from your Smith-Marset, and frankly, I mean, like I said, a seventh grade upgrade for Brett Veach, that's, look what that could get you. That could get you another Isaiah Pacheco. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what they do with Nick Jones, who's the other seventh round pick that they just had this year. Really quick, since you mentioned him, uh, Nika Ramiria was waived injured, so he would revert to the IR, correct? Yeah, if he clears waivers, which I would absolutely expect that he would, he will return on injured reserve, and Chiefs want to keep him or as, a, as a project just like Justin Ross last year. They can absolutely do that. Yeah, and they also put Jerome Carvin, and I'll let you – Fudakasi is the one that I – is the name. I can't pronounce the first name. Also waived injured. Yeah, and, and those guys were um, banged up in the last game and everything. Um, so not a big surprise there. Um, one, the kind of interesting, Cole Christensen was also hurt in that game the other day. Um, not serious, though. He he was waived, but not with an injury designation. Um, if he clears waivers, which I think he probably will, Chiefs will sign him back to the practice squad, all indications are. So that's at least one injury situation, small one that you know went the Chiefs way at least. The other big maneuver today was that trading with a divisional rival in order to shore up or at least give yourself a chance to get a more serious depth body at the defensive tackle position. Neil Farrell, LSU guy, showed out at the Senior Bowl while I was there, and I put him on the short list for the Chiefs last season. Clearly, Brett Veach in the front office felt the same way, and when there was an opportunity, despite being inside the division, they went for it. I don't think that that's enough, just like you were talking about in the last uh, – segment there matt but does it surprise you that they were even able to get this done um a little bit i mean it's to me it's a surprise well i guess it shouldn't be a terrible surprise because the raiders seem to just walk away from all their draft picks they have zero confidence in their draft um but it's a yes. little bit of surprise that you know they're, they're able to get that done um but once again i mean the other 
serious part of the surprise to me is that the guy that the Chiefs feel like a second year player that played, I think, nine games last year in a very limited role and had a shoulder injury that kept him out of OTAs and um, didn't you know get cleared physically to, until August 9th. They feel is better than most of the defensive tackles that they had in training camp this year. That's the concern for me is that it comes back to the depth of that defensive tackle group and what they have that they feel like that's an upgrade. If that's an upgrade, I think that's a, you know, no knock against Neil Farrell, but it's an indictment of where that group is without Chris Jones. And it's to me, it's scary. I would agree with that, but I would also say that this gives them control of that player for three years at a cheap cost, and they keep bringing in these guys that are one-year hit, one-year guys for defensive tackles. So I would think that that's kind of what they're looking at is is a situation where maybe Naughty isn't back in twenty-four because they have they feel like they can move on from Naughty and, and keep a guy that's going to be much cheaper and free up some more cap space. It's another way to go younger. It certainly is. Now, I want to take a look at at where we might have some discrepancies with where the Chiefs made decision points and what we expect to correct them. We'll do that on the backside of this. Thank you for being with us live. If you are, you know that we just took a short break. I want to give you guys a quick look without uh, all the hubbub on top of it of where we're at right now. And both Matt and Chris will correct me if I'm wrong here. Because we are sitting at two quarterbacks, three running backs, seven in the wide receiver room, only three tight ends, and a full offensive line group. We go 5-5 five, five on the defensive line, six linebackers, five corners, Nick Jones being one of them with a nasty risk, and four safeties. Is my math right, everyone? That's what I have. That's what I have, yes. Okay. And that's that's 10 defensive linemen without Charles Aminahue, who is on suspended list. The Chiefs did not put it on their release that he's on suspended list. Uh, I guess they were just hoping that we would forget that that happened. Um, but, <laughs> but he does not count on the 53 right now. So okay. doesn't that open up an extra roster spot then? Uh, I mean, they've got all 53 filled. Yeah. If he's on there, then they don't have to move him over. Well, they had fifty. They they made thirty eight cuts and brought in. They had ninety players because of uh, Chu Godrick. Oh, okay, mm. that's that's where the math I was. Forgot about that. They had a roster okay. exemption for Chu Godrick. So, and he's okay. the guy, the international pathway player, who will probably be the seventeenth guy on the practice squad since they have an ex- still have an exemption for him. So again, if you want all this information, you want the late breaking stuff as we go through the night in the next few days, you can get it on the text line at 816-357-8781. And so this is the math right now. Uh, what is a little bit of a departure, we are even at this point on the initial 53, 25 on offense, 25 on defense. Um, and until the league gets smart and only has one kicking position, it's going to remain three specialists. So what happens next? The big question, we've talked about the quarterbacks. That's going to be an interesting one that we do expect some changes in. The other one for me is, can you get through the season, given everything that we've looked at, Matt, in in talking about 13 personnel, you only have three tight ends on the roster right now. One of them we know is a little bit limited downfield and is in more of a a specific role. Is that plan now out the window? Are we expecting re-signings right now that could be uh, game day elevations off of the practice squad? 
Yeah, I mean, that's that seems like the most likely scenario. I mean, it really wouldn't surprise me if any of the three tight ends that they released today ended up back on the on the practice squad. I think they'll all clear. So, um, I mean, there's always a possibility that maybe there's a team that really needs some veteran help and the Kendall Blanton's of interest. Um, but I think that, that Matt Bushman's best fit is with the Chiefs. I, Isaiah Gaythings, honestly, pretty surprised me. I was really impressed with what we saw from him. Um, once he arrived in training camp, I mean, I, I, once again, I mean, I still think a developmental player, but he actually impressed me. Uh, I think he'd be worthy of a, a roster a practice squad spot if they need him. But to me, Matt Bushman on the practice squad, I mean, if I do think that the Chiefs are going to play a decent amount of 13 personnel this year, probably more than they did last year. Probably most weeks they're only going to have three tight ends available. I mean, active. I mean, there might be some weeks that they would go four, but usually I think that fourth tight end is only going to be somebody that they're going to you know bring up if there's an injury with one of the other guys. So um, that to me, I mean, if you're if you're carrying Matt Bushman and you just need him for a couple of weeks because somebody else banged up, that's what he's there for. Well, and I I'm curious with some of the other things that we see. Ryan, can you go back to the list real quick? Um, six linebackers. I don't think anybody really probably figured they're going to keep six linebackers. That to me makes me wonder if Leo Chanel or, uh, you know, Jack Cochran have an injury that may end up going to IR for a couple of weeks. I know both of them left the game. Is it possible that they have some kind of injury that could lend them an IR? And then kind of the same question with the offensive line, not knowing about Nick Allegretti. Uh, I wonder if that's where you could pick up another roster spot by putting him on IR for the short term. Uh, I mean, it's certainly possible that that with the hip pointer that they're a little bit more concerned about Leo Chanel than maybe we sh- are at this point. Maybe we should be a little bit more concerned. We'll see. Um, I, I have no doubt that will be a question that will come up with Brett Veach when we get a chance to talk to him on Wednesday. So hopefully we'll get some more clarity about that. Um, but I think the other part of it, too, is that Chiefs really like Cam Jones. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he was impressive. They really liked him. Uh, he's a guy that – if he was active right now, he'd be a four-phase special teams player. I mean, that's what they like of him. Um, I, I I thought that they've – I know they felt of him as a developmental player, so I fully expected him to be a practice squad guy. I am mildly surprised that he cracked a 53 uh, because keeping six linebackers is out of character for them. I mean, especially with what I think this rotation is going to look like. And, and, and Cam Jones really never got any reps with the ones, I mean, in a way that you would say, okay, that this is a guy that you're really thinking is going to be making the team. But he did well enough with the twos that, I, I mean, he, he earned his spot. And if it is a case that they're just insurance for Leo until maybe they get a little bit more clarity on that, that hip situation or it is more serious than we think. But I, I do think that they may have just been concerned about losing Cam Jones because he put some pretty good film on tape in the preseason. He fits their mold, too. and This is where they're going. And again, folks, I'm going to talk tinfoil hat tomorrow conspiracy series about what some of these moves could implicate about later in the future not necessarily this season but and you're definitely gonna want to hear it because i've already heard some of it so just gonna throw i'm just glad i'm just glad i won't be here for the tinfoil hat conversation uh, <laughs> you can laugh next year when I'm i won't right again. i won't have to um. i won't have to distance myself from anything but the reason that cam's here is because of his athleticism his ability to turn and run and yet he's still fairly solid against the run there is another linebacker out there that was released today off of a roster that isn't very far away. And Jabril Cox, a native of Kansas City, is out there on the market. Fits that mold as well. If they're seriously worried, I see that as a possible athletic upgrade over Jack Cochran. Obviously doesn't have any time in the system, Matt. Could we see still 
the linebacker spot, or do you think they're set now? Oh, I mean, it's not going to surprise me that Brett Veach looks at any and every position for upgrades on the waiver wire and who's released out there. I mean, that is Brett Veach. The only thing that I think is really the problem is, is that, you know, you play on a Thursday night. So, you know, you've got less time than everybody else around the league to bring somebody in and, and get them up to speed. Um, now, chances are, if you do get somebody off waivers or bring them in, they're not playing. Although, honestly, I'm... Sp- I think Neil Farrell may have to play <laughs> in week one. <laughs> I mean, they're looking at the defensive tackle spot, um, unless there's some other moves. But, yeah, I mean, it, I, I think that they're, they're, they are going to be a little bit more hard-pressed this time around to bring in anybody that you think might be on the roster in week one just because of that short turnaround. I mean, still, I mean, if there's a talent out there, you're going to go for them. But remember, too, I mean, the only thing that the Chiefs can really probably be in the market for um, are players who are vested veterans because at 32nd on the waiver wire, nobody they want is falling to them on waivers. So yeah, and uh, that's 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 the that's the real catch. That's the big thing on Cox is, is if he goes all the way through waivers, you could put him on your practice squad and you have him there for a couple of weeks and get him ready. Uh, wouldn't necessarily have to be a guy that plays right away. This is an interesting roster. I know we have a lot of people asking about Chris Jones, um, so I guess I want to touch base Ooh. on that really quick. <laughs> you know the, the 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 chief's defensive player of the year yeah <laughs> oh that guy uh, sorry that guy <laughs> it's interesting because now he's on the do not, do not report list uh means he doesn't count against the roster and it also means that when games start they will start getting back or actually at this point i think that it also means that his salary's off the roster isn't it Correct. Right now, his salary does not count towards the salary cap once he is, goes on that did not report list. So even once he reports, now that he's been on the did not report list, if he if he show if and when he shows up, um, the Chiefs will be in a pretty good spot to get at least a one or a two game roster exemption. So if he shows up, uh, it might still be another week or two before he counts on the roster, and it would be another week or two of him not getting paid. So yeah. now we are to the point where Chris Jones is going to start losing $1.1 million a week if he doesn't show up. And I mean, well, I, how we. Com- and, and, the, and honestly, the Chiefs at this point needed him not to show up because they don't have, they didn't have the salary cap room for Chris Jones to show up. Yeah. So not really necessarily doing him a favor because that's not why Chris Jones isn't here. He's not doing the chiefs a favor, but um, they, if he's not going to sign a renegotiated contract, they absolutely needed him to go on, did not report so they could get the salary cap savings. Yeah. And it's a double, it's a, we've talked about this. It doubly hurts him if they end up having to franchise him next year, because he's going to learn, he's going to lose money on the franchise tag next year uh, with all the games he could miss. Uh, so that's something there on that one. Uh, let's see what else. Ryan, I know you've talked about this, Matt. I don't know if you want to touch on its uh, advice from agents that Chris is getting at this point. I mean, we don't know. We don't know what advice he's getting. I mean, we really, really don't know. I mean, you know, we have heard a a few things here and there, but I mean, honestly, outside of Brett Veach saying, hey, we we like Chris Jones and we want him to be here and we want to sign him long term and it's always been a priority for us. I mean, that's really the most of what anybody has said on the record. I mean, we haven't even had Chris's side coming out and saying exactly what they want. I mean, we only have uh, assumptions and innuendo. And honestly, a lot of the offseason innuendo and assumptions was that Chris wanted to be the second highest paid player, the defensive player disposition. Um, is that true? 
I don't know. I mean, I feel like if that were 100% the case, this deal would already be done. Um, the fact that it's August 29th and there's not a deal done, it, it, it tells me that these two sides are not, it's, this is not a case of the Chiefs offering 27 and Chris wanting 30 and, and nobody willing to go to 28.5. I mean, this to me tells me that there are deeper differences between these two sides. This is, means it's more likely to me that they're years apart. The Chiefs are at three years and Chris is at four. Uh, the Chiefs are at 60, 70 million and Chris is at 90 or 100 million guaranteed. I mean, th that this tells me it's not, you know, one or two million a year that they're apart. They are tens of millions apart and, and, and maybe a year or two apart. And if that's the case, that's not something you're just going to bridge. So, I mean, that's how you end up on August 29th in this situation. And I, I and whether it's Chris's agents or not, I mean, I mean, I can only just give you what I hear. And I mean, I've, I've, I've had people who have told me that they think that, that Chris's side has just misjudged the situation that they've misread it. And I mean, from a, from a logic standpoint, I mean, look at the same situation that this happened with Tyreek Hill last year. And this is why I, I felt like that if anything were going to happen to Chris, that and he was going to leave, it would have happened before the draft. Because once you get to this point in the season, your options for going anywhere and finding a deal somewhere are limited. So if, and this is a big if, if Chris and his agents wanted to get the most money possible and they weren't concerned about where it was, the time to do this was March 17th, like Tyreek did and, and, and Drew Rosenhaus. It's not August 29th. So, I mean, if that's, the, if that's the case, someone misjudged the situation. And I don't know that that's the case or not. But if that's the case, then, yeah, somebody's made a mistake. And I think you can contrast that with what else is going on around the league. Christian Wilkins is in a very similar situation down in Miami, and it is holdout today. He was holding in, participating, being there. Very different situation. And, yes, for those of you who are asking – I do think he could be a possible free agent acquisition next year to fill part of this role. At this point, I do see the Chiefs defensive tackle position being something akin to what we see at the wide receiver spot right now post Tyreek, where it's not a singular player that fills the void. You can't do that with Chris Jones. It will be a rotation, I believe. One of those likely has to be a free agent acquisition that has both experience and some output, and then you hope to bring guys along. So more on that tomorrow. We'll go through whatever... Uh, changes go on when we hear the waiver wire by the time we record tomorrow. We'll try to go live for you guys as well, so make sure you're back. What else you got, Chris? I just want to say really quick, if that is the case, I think you have to feel pretty good, though, if you're Chiefs Kingdom looking at 2024 because look at what Kansas City did in almost basically a year at the wide receiver room. They went from one of the weakest positions to one of the strongest. I'm not saying you're going to replace Chris Jones, but I think you're going to be in a good situation and they can figure it out going forward I, I honestly think that the Chiefs figured that they would get this deal done with Jones and, and that's why it is where it is right now yeah I have to think so as well um and, and Donald the uh the trade with the the Raiders you're getting something that you have to have now um and, and as Matt said before um you don't have to necessarily be worried that a six-round pick for them next year is going to hurt you in any way so well, they, oh, they I, just I traded mean, away a fourth-round pick for to get a sixth-rounder the next year or two years later. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, if I'm giving up a sixth-rounder for last year's fourth-rounder, I mean, yeah. and, and I, happy, assume right? if, I assume if the Raiders are walking away, th th this guy's got some upside. <laughs> That's true, too. 
untapped potential, we're going to call that. Folks, we're going to go back to it one more time. For those of you who joined us late as we are live and almost a thousand of you in here, thank you for joining us. Make sure you like, sub, and hit the bell, especially if you don't listen to us in uh, every other day like we are here five days a week. You can also catch us later. I'm going to be on RGR. Matt will be on Chiefs Digest. Chris will be back here with us tomorrow, as always. But for right now, this is what the roster looks like. There are a pair of quarterbacks only. Three running backs, seven wide receivers. Yes, Justin Ross made a uh, Amir Smith-Marset has been traded. Uh, three tight ends that do not include Matt Bushman. Uh, ten offensive linemen, five defensive tackles, five defensive ends. Six linebackers, that does include Cam Jones and Jack Cochran. Five corners, including Nick Jones. A number of others have been cut, but we do expect some to come back tomorrow. And four safeties, just four. Deion Bush is out there as well. He... Uh, as well as Blake Bell, Danny Shelton have have contracts that would allow them to return. So we do expect some more movement tomorrow. So tomorrow's show will not just be uh, my tinfoil uh, proclamations about what some of this hints at, but also what has happened from this point forward as we sign off till tomorrow. So we there appreciate are some people, you. There are some people in the comments that kind of have an idea of where you're going, though. I will say that. I'm glad you all are reading the tea leaves because you got to put it together. It's a puzzle, but it's there if you want to see it. Um, that said, Matt, any parting shots? Uh, was this this feels like a little bit more of a, a strange one to me than we go through most years? Uh, it is actually. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a few more twists and turns with this than I thought that there usually are, and everything. And the Chris situation makes it a little bit more. I will say, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, I, I am probably a little bit less. Uh, hmm, that's what the, maybe maybe confident in this defense right now than I was, you know, yesterday, because I now sense that there's no faith whatsoever in the interior of this defensive line, that they're just going to try and rebuild it on the fly this year. Uh, or maybe they're just going to put four pass rushers, edge rushers on the field at all the time and blitz a lot and just hope that Nick Bolton manages to stop the run game in the middle of the field. Um, little concerned about the cornerback situation because, like I said, I I think Nick Jones might be going to IR, and if there's four corners and four safeties on this team, um, makes you wonder a little bit that maybe the deck secondary is not as deep. So I have some confidence questions in the defense, especially since I know how high their 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 goals are this year. They want to be a top ten defense, and I think they're I don't think that they're starting from the position that they want to. So we'll see what happens. But then again, you got Patrick Mahomes, so all is well. The road is uphill. Things are happening and will continue to. I'm getting calls in the middle of this, so that's great. Chris, any last thoughts? No, I, I'm still shocked about a couple of the moves, but it is what it is, and we're going to be looking at what they're going to do going forward, and I do expect that there's going to be some moves tomorrow. Uh, so this is not the final roster, and there's probably going to be some moves made over the next week. Uh, I would not be shocked if they make another trade or two. If you're looking forward to Derek Parrish or Bailey Zappi in a Chiefs uniform, join me tomorrow when the hat goes on. <laughs> Spending your time. I hope that you guys have a great night. We are going to be back with you tomorrow because we are every single day. Like, sub, and hit that bell. Thanks for spending today with us, and we'll talk to you then.